this. Um, God just wouldn't let me move on to another psalm. Last week we saw that um, Psalm 51 um, is David's prayer of confession and repentance, seeking God's forgiveness. And if you'd look in verse 16 of Psalm 51, David concludes, after all that he's been experienced, his giving in to the desires of the flesh, his covering it, his then being exposed as the king. You think of the the public shame that he bore, but as he did all of this, um, he came down and he concluded... Verse 16, for thou, God, desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. How many of you have ever said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. How many of you have ever said that? I see a lot of men's hands up. And and oftentimes we'll say that because our family or wife will say, you know, that could use some attention. And we'll say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sometimes we use it as that regard. But um, sometimes it's people that are resistant of change saying, hey, it seems to be working. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, maybe it seems to be working, but maybe there's a better way of doing it. Um, Some people say, if it ain't broke, you're not trying hard enough, all right? And, um, And that is true in some regard as well. But from God's perspective... God said, if it ain't broke, there's no hope. And David came down and said, God, you do not desire sacrifices. Otherwise, I would give you whatever sacrifices you want. You don't delight in burnt offering. In other words, he's saying, God... You don't delight in the things that I do. Otherwise, just tell me what I do and and I'll do it. If what I do does not come, we saw last week, God desires truth in the inward part. If we don't have truth in the heart, if there's not a broken spirit a broken and a contrite heart, God will not despise. So the psalmist is saying, there are many things that I could do, but God may still despise it. It may be a good thing, but God may despise it. But when I come before God with a broken and a contrite heart, 
God will not despise that. Now, when we think of broken, there's various definitions that come to mind. Um, it's, it's damaged, it's fractured, it's no longer in working order. We say that is broken. If the wire on this microphone is cut, we'd say it's broken. It needs fixed. It's not in working order. So that's one aspect of broken. Another aspect of broken is if we say that man went to the grave with a broken heart. We would, or to say he was a broken man. We're meaning one who has given up all hope, one who is despairing, one who um, sees no brightness of the future. Those are two aspects of broken. There's also another aspect of broken. When someone takes a horse and trains it and they break the horse, they say, yes, this horse is broken to ride. By that, we mean that this horse in essence, has been conquered, and its will is submissive to whoever is managing it, that it is broken. Um, In the sense that the psalmist mentions here, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise, There is a sense of all of these meanings that come into play in this. And this morning we'd like to look at brokenness. What what literally, if this is something that God will not despise, if this is something that is foundational to, to fellowship with God, that David comes down at the end of his experience and he says, you know what? As, as vile and as shaming as my sin is, I have found that God will not despise a broken heart. A broken and a contrite spirit. Now, there are many times people appear as though they're broken, but We want to look today at five aspects of brokenness and to help us identify, excuse me, what it is so that we can embrace a broken heart. Number one, brokenness is the surrender of my self-will. When a, a horse is broken, it's taken from um, wild, doing its own thing whenever it wants, however it wants, and it is brought under the domination of someone else, and it is no longer running its own life. 
The brokenness God is talking about here is that we come to understand I am no longer going to run my own life. I am surrendering my self-will to God. We submit to God. We use the term, Jesus is Lord. We'll call him our Lord, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Literally, the term Lord means master. It means you are my master. I, I have come in my life to realize that my will and me running my own life is not sufficient. I can't do it. Or I'm doing it, but it's failing miserably, or I'm doing it, but I know that it is a dead-end street that I'm running down, and God, I am coming, and I surrender my will to you. I believe there needs to be a time that we specifically do that, and I believe that needs to be a continual process in our life. Because continually, my will wants to lead me into this. And I need to say, as Jesus said, Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And really, the first aspect of brokenness is a surrender of my self-will, my ruling my heart. And then, it's, as I said, initially coming to that, and really, I, I think we fail to, to convey what salvation involves, but really salvation is, is not just saying, would you forgive my sin and then let me keep running my life? Salvation is saying, God, I've been running my life and I've made a mess of it and there, there is no hope for this life apart from you and I need your forgiveness and I am submitting my will to yours. It's a surrender of my self-will. Secondly, brokenness is the stripping away of my self-reliance. In Zechariah, we read, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by God's Spirit. In John 15 and verse 5, Jesus gave the teaching about, I am the vine, he said, and you are the branches. He that abides in me will bear much fruit, and every branch that abides in me He purges it to bring forth more fruit. And then he said, without me, you can do nothing. I mean, understanding that, it's stripping away the self-reliance. 
well, I grew up in a Christian home, and, and I understand I can't save myself, and I need Christ to do that. But by God's grace, I've, I've had some good teaching, and I've listened to some good things, and I'm going to live the Christian life, and I'm going to do it successfully. You aren't broken. A broken person realizes there is no way I can do what God has called me to do. And God, I cast myself upon you. And you might say, yeah, 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 but, but Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. It's not self-reliance. The emphasis in that verse is not, I can do all things. The emphasis is through Christ who strengthens me. And by nature, our very nature is prone to be self-reliant. One of, the, one, dan- one of the dangers that we face as Christians is success. Because when we have success in our walk with God, then we think, hey, I can do this. And it is that dependence upon God <clears throat> that empowers us to do it, and that comes through a broken spirit that does not rely on self. God often brings us to situations in our life that are beyond our strength, and he does that to break us of self-reliance. Brokenness, the surrender of my self-will, the stripping of my self-reliance. And then it is the burial of my self-concern. Turn to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. John chapter 12 and verse 24. Jesus is speaking, and he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. I, I have here not a corn of wheat, But I have a little bean seed, green bean, garden variety, green bean seed. This seed is, looks good. I mean, it's um, fine shape from my limited knowledge, no deformities to it. But if this seed is interested in preserving itself and is concerned how it looks. I'm, I'm not sure. It, it looks like this seed has had um, something sprayed on it, maybe. And don't get sidetracked and lose me on this. Well, that may, that's a bad seed. I wouldn't ever plant that. I'm not going there, all right? But if this seed is concerned about preserving itself, 
it will abide alone. And except the seed fall into the ground and be covered up, it abides alone. So, if this seed says, okay, okay, I, I, I don't want to abide alone, but Okay, I'll I'll lay down. But don't don't bury me. Just sprinkle a little a little dirt around me or on me. It still abides alone. If it says, "Hey, look, look everybody, look look what I'm going to do." About me, okay? I, I am a special hybrid seed and, and there aren't many like me and, and really, I don't know if I should be doing this and, but I am going to give my talents to this. But, but I don't want you to lose sight of who I am. It abides alone. And a broken person says, you know what? This is not about me. A broken person says, I'm willing to fall into the ground and I am willing to be buried. I am willing to be covered entirely so that, I didn't plan this out, okay, so that you don't even see me anymore. It's not even about me. And not only that, I will lose the very form that I have because in that ground, that seed will have a sprout and the seed will be broken open and out of it will come the sprout. And whenever you go to pick green beans, you don't dig down into the dirt and dig up the seed and say, oh, what a great seed you are. But in our Christian life, We're very concerned about self. A broken person is willing to die to his own interest, his own reputation, his own right, his own comfort. The bean seed says, that is not going to be comfortable down there. And in fact, you're planting me when the soil is only 47 degrees and it should be at least 60 degrees. And you're just trying to do that to get me to come up before your neighbors. So I don't like it down there and it's dark. And this means the end of me. That's a broken person says, you know what? It's not about me. I'm willing to die to my own hopes and dreams and aspirations. An unbroken person is inflated with his own sense of worth, with his own secret desire for recognition. It surfaces when he deems someone that is less worthy than himself to be a recipient of lavish grace. For example, the prodigal son's brother was an unbroken man. 
He deemed himself much better than the prodigal, and the prodigal was blessed with lavish grace, and he thought, he is not worthy of that. I'm the one that is worthy of that. You see, I... No, a broken person is falls into the ground and is covered up and dies. To die means to lay it down, to give it up, to let it go, to die to self. And then the broken person, that is the pathway to blessing. Brokenness is the pathway to blessing. He says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, and it's the same thought of brokenness. Blessed are the poor in spirit. They're blessed when that seed is willing to fall into the ground, be covered up, and die. Then, and only then, does it come alive. And that is the blessing. There is, there is life there. We don't have time to go into the various blessings that come through brokenness, but new life is released through our brokenness. Our brokenness increases our capacity for love and worship. The sinner woman who anointed Jesus' feet with her tears and precious ointment was a broken woman. She wasn't thinking, what will they think of me if I do this? It wasn't about her. Brokenness brings increased fruitfulness. Now, now this seed can grow. It produces a plant. It produces blossoms. It produces beans. And in the beans, it produces many seeds. It produces fruitfulness. So the choice is... You can live for self and abide alone and be a seed that never knows life, never produces fruit, never is blessed. Or you can die to self, fall into the ground, be covered over, broken, die, and produce fruit. And yet we fight so diligently to to protect self. I mean, we live, we live in a society that is as narcissistic, as self-centered, self-loving, selfie as, as any society has ever been. And sad to say it, it's in Christianity. But the pathway to blessing from God's standpoint, which is the only blessing is that we must die and be broken. And let me just mention one other thing. Brokenness is the destiny for every human. Philippians 2.10 says the day is going to come that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The sad part is, 
when we are forced to confess that, it is too late for us to produce fruit. But the fact of the matter is, everyone that has ever lived will be broken to the point of acknowledging Jesus Christ as Lord. So we can either protect our little seed and build a climate-controlled, atmospheric condition to make it preserved, build an altar to it, or we can be broken and fall into the ground and be covered over and die and produce fruit. Now, these truths apply to, to salvation, the whole process of salvation, a surrender of my self-will, a stripping away of my self-reliance, a burial of my self-concern, and then it's accepting God's design and it's the pathway to blessing. Understanding this aspect of brokenness helps us understand circumstances of life. God uses three primary instruments to bring us to the point of brokenness. One is God's Word. When you read the Word of God, the Holy Spirit of God will use the truth of God's Word to break us to our own sin, our own rebellion, not just before salvation, but after we're a child of God. How many times God convicts me of my pride in the various ways that it manifests itself. He uses God's Word to bring brokenness. He uses circumstances in our life to bring brokenness. And, and there's such a broad spectrum, we don't have time to go into, into all that, but he often will bring us to circumstances that reveal our self-will, our self-desires, our self-motive, our self-concern, and to see it just shredded because things didn't go the way I dreamed. Things didn't happen the way I wanted them to. And God uses that to break us, not because he despises us, but because he loves us. And he says, wait, wait, you were trying to protect this little seed. You need to die to that. You need to be broken. You need to give up your self-will. You need to give up your self-concern and, and the protection of your own self, and you need to die to self so that I can produce fruit, so that I can, can truly bless you. And there's a third instrument that God uses to help bring us to the point of brokenness, and that is he uses the church. He uses fellow believers Because when you are in fellowship with other believers, 
you will be brought to points that are beyond you. I don't really want to serve them. We'll fall into the ground. It's not about you. Be covered up and see what fruit God produces. Do you know how hard it is? Their personality just rubs me the wrong way. Oh, well. Learn to love them. Do you know how hard that is for me? Yep, sure do. Without him, it is impossible. And one of the reasons that God designed a local church is to bring brokenness in our hearts so that we have a dependence upon him. And it's not about me. Nobody noticed what I did. No, it's not about us. And it's not about my will. But you know, so much of the time, we choose to be unbroken. And going back to the analogy of the horse, we can run around in our own pasture doing our own thing. I think of the wild horses out west. They just run. They just stop. They just do whatever they want. And we can run around in our own pasture and we can show up at a stampede of horses. Hey, let's rally at the Capitol. You know, and we do our little thing. And But we've never been broken. We're doing it all in our flesh. We're doing it all in, in our strength. Oh, we're asking God to help us. God, help us to be successful. Help us to put down those evil. It's not like we're broken. We can strut around in our pasture and look in the mirrors at our beauty. Look how strong I am. Look at my knowledge. Man, I, I dumped some knowledge on those people and they went, Oh, wow, you must be a great Christian. I didn't know you knew so much about the Bible. But we've never been broken. We're, we're showing our little seed. Look, look at that seed. You didn't know a little seed like that could have that much knowledge, did you? Everybody say, wow, that's something, right? Yeah, that's what we want. Ooh la la, that's pretty. And we build it up. We push our experience, but we never have the blessing of God because God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. It's humbling to fall into the ground And be covered up and not noticed and to lay there and you think nothing's going to happen. And then God gives the life that produces the blessing. 
that lands. God does not desire sacrifice, but brokenness. Brokenness is not a one-time act. It is a lifestyle. It's daily dying and daily yielding and and this is why it's so important for us to to understand I may do things that look good and get the praise of man but if it's done in my effort in my power as my will God rejects it A broken and a contrite heart God will not despise. You know, we have these various things that we we measure. Well, this must be the blessing of God. Because look at this, and we have various things. I think the day is coming when we will be literally shocked at what God blessed and what was the work of our own flesh. And David came down and he, he could have had many things that, that he could have done. But he said, God, I realize, thank you. In essence, he's saying, thank you for allowing this in my life to break me. Because a broken and a contrite spirit, God will not despise. Heavenly Father, I pray that these truths, which we've just really skimmed, but Lord, we can't make them personal. I acknowledge complete and utter dependence upon your spirit to do the work. And Lord, I pray that you would find in us a willingness to bow before you and to submit to your will to lay off our self-reliance to have a dependence upon your spirit that we wouldn't be concerned about our name and our reputation, but Lord... that you would lead us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And I pray as we learn the pathway of brokenness, that we would see the blessing of you that truly glorifies you. Lord, we need you more than ever. And I pray that we would not substitute your power for the works of our flesh, but, Lord, that we would know the working of your Spirit in our lives. Lord, would your Spirit pinpoint areas that were not broken before you in each of our hearts here today? And may we truly bow before you as the Lord, as the Master, of our lives, and that we would submit our will to yours. 
Lord, I specifically pray if there's one here that has never submitted their sin to you for forgiveness in Christ, I pray today would be the day of that. And then, Lord, I pray for every one of us as believers that we would know the joy of dying to self, being covered over, and bringing forth fruit for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.